Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Kingdom Hour, where we are sharing real life stories that are here to impact and empower you in mind, spirit, body, and soul. Join us each week as our guests share wonderful stories about how they overcame. Good evening, everyone. This is Reverend Dr. Donna Ganny, and I'm joined here with Arthur Sandra Lott. And uh, Sandra is an author, a public speaker, and a minister of God. And she is going to tell us um, a, a, a just um, very intimate and um, uh, story that is real life. And um, we're hoping that as you listen in, it's going to also help and impact your life as well and help you to overcome possible situations in your life that you're going through. Uh, Sandra, welcome to the Kingdom Hour. Thank you for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. Uh, Before we start, may I ask you to open us up in prayer? Yes, I'd love to. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to share my testimony, to share what you've brought me through, to bring glory to your name, that it might help someone hearing to have hope, to know that they can turn to you, that you can help them and show them the love that they need, heal their broken hearts and broken lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, Sandra. Um, I know you have a um, story to tell, and um, it is a real-life instance that has occurred in your life, and I'm sure that there's many others out there that have experienced what you have gone through. Uh, can you tell the audience about yourself? Yeah. Um, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas. Had two wonderful, loving parents. Um, middle-class family. We didn't have everything, but we had what we needed. I have two older brothers and a younger sister. And the trouble didn't start where I went through hard times learning what trials really were until I got married. I grew up a Catholic, and I didn't really know who Jesus was, although we were handed a missalette with gospel readings. It was more of a formality to me, and I didn't learn what a relationship with Jesus was until I started going to my mother-in-law's Baptist church. Until then, it was, you know, kneeling and standing, kneeling and standing. Uh, One time, my brother even thought I was bending over to pick up a missalette, and I 
was actually fainting, <laughs> fell right over on that church uh, kneeler and woke up with a bunch of faces staring over me, half of whom I didn't even know. Um, yes, he thought I was bending over mis- to pick up a missalette, and he moved aside and let me fall. <laughs> um, but the trouble really didn't come until I got married. Um, but before the alcohol started, he was a very loving husband and father. The devil took over when he started drinking, when he got out of the service. That's when it started, and he started going back to his old ways. And I learned who Jesus was when I went to that Baptist church, and it made sense. I started hearing things about a relationship. Um, And so I walked the aisle, but at this point it was only head knowledge, and I still had a whole lot to learn about really what a relationship with Jesus, with God Almighty was. That would come through trials, but it just shows that he knew what I was about to go through. He says he goes ahead of you like a roaring lion, devouring fire. And mm-hmm. he he knows the side streets you're going to take, and he knows how to prepare for them to get you back on your path. And it shows just how much he loved me because he knew I was going to need the Holy Spirit to get through him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, old ways, um, it sounds like there was some kind of cue to let you know that. Um, or can you talk well, about that old he, Yes, he he used to go out and party a lot in high school, and that was something that I never really did, and that wasn't my lifestyle, and I I wasn't aware of that. When I met him, he was in the service. He was in the Army, and so there was some sort of discipline about him, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know that other side. I only heard about it from stories he told me. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So um, later on you have two children, and what happens at that point? Okay, he got out of the service. We had two children, and um, it didn't start all of a sudden. It was just Mm -hmm. gradual. began working a second and third shift job where they used to go out after work. And that's when it really started. And he started uh, going out and partying and drinking, and someone introduced him to regular just cocaine. And that's when it began. And there was a lot of married until death do you part, and I still believe that. But you can't change another person. And the hard years came when we... Moved back and forth from Texas to South Carolina a lot. That's where his family is from. And it didn't start until we moved back to Texas again, uh, to Bastrop, actually. And he started, uh, he learned how to do tile. And the guy who taught him his trade was an alcoholic. And i got to tell you, my ex husband he's now my ex-husband he's one of the best tile setters i've ever seen he picked it up real good but um they used to take their beer to work and he used to not drink during the day and the more he drank the more he wanted drugs and he started doing crack cocaine now this is when the nightmare started this is when i call my own little piece of hell 
The rages came when he needed a fix and he was going through withdrawals and he'd almost like pick a fight just so he'd have an excuse to go out. Um, And then there was other times when he was yelling and screaming all carnival Gary's at me that my children in the very next room didn't need to hear or it was a once a week thing with his hands around my neck because I was going to church and I think the devil inside that was causing all of this didn't like that. And he, it was a once a week thing where his hands was, he was strangling me. I hate you and I hate your Jesus. And I lived with that. I didn't know how to deal with that. And I didn't tell my family what was going on mainly because I've never had to deal with this. And still in the back of my mind, I wanted my family to love him. And so I I kept this inside, and I lived with it. And fear grew in me. Fear grew in my kids, the strongholds, um, the hurt. And when I tried to tell them how much he was hurting me and the kids, another fight would break out. So I Mm -hmm. learned to be quiet. This started making me feel invisible. It made me feel worthless. And it went on for so long, I felt like I didn't deserve to be loved. The kids were afraid. Um, My oldest son, he endured most of it. Um, He came home late from school one time, and um, my husband was already drunk, and he hauled off and punched him like he would do a man. Uh, You just don't do that. Um, And he is still suffering emotional issues himself um, from the troubled times. So, so um, I'm sure your boys were going to church with you, and and um, I'm sure it's bringing conviction back because you went to somewhere that is uh, a symbol of holiness and a symbol of um, doing what is right and what is just. And so you come home, and he's he's ranting at you. So, what, at one point, did you realize that it's a spirit? It's a spiritual thing. Well, that came um, a little bit into my growth. Still growing. Basically, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, when I first went to my first Christian um, faith church, I believe that was just mere head knowledge. Like I said, I still had a lot to learn about surrendering your heart, surrendering your will to the Lord. And... I still kept going to church. I always kept believing in going to church. And even when I couldn't go when I was when I was sick, I still read the Bible to my kids. I wanted to make sure they always had the word of the Lord in them. But I was and then it got so bad that this is when the change was actually about to happen. They said, I can't leave him, I can't live with him and I can't live without him. And I have a herniated disc in my back, a bad back, and I was taking muscle relaxers, and I decided I was going to end it. And I I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And maybe for those ones who are listening out there who have had somebody who committed suicide in their life, it was never about not wanting to be the ones you're leaving behind. To want to commit suicide, that pain and that darkness is so bad and so so heavy and so thick that's all you can see and that's all you can feel and that's all you can think of and you just have to get away and you have to get away from it now and that's the only way out that's a lie from the enemy 
So it's never about not wanting to be around the ones you leave behind. God had to change my focus. So he sent my two teenage boys to the back of my property where I was at. They had no reason. They were with their friends. They even came with them. Mm. And they hugged me. They hugged me and they told me they loved me. They said, Mom, we love you. And that did it because my kids, I mean, they're everything to me. They were my heart. God knew what I needed. He saw me. And then they walked back to their friends. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart, said, see, if you do this, who will be there to love them? That's when I said, okay, God, take over. That's when I think I was truly born again. The head and the heart agreed. That's actually when I started reading the Bible. I had such a hunger to read the Bible. I could read it and study it all day and not have any concept of how much time had went by. I started writing poetry at this time. This was June Mm -hmm. of 1998. And the words Mm -hmm. were just in my head, and I had to write them down. So the more I read, the closer I got to him. And that's when I started. Because the the word of God begins to come alive, and you begin to see that the nature of God in it and realize that there's something different. Um, There's something about this pattern that's going on that's just not right. And, and yes. uh, the fact that your children hug you, you know, it, it also lets you know you do, so there's someone out there that do love you. And that's, I'm so happy that that happened. Yeah. So um, it, it led you to the Lord. And like you said, we all are still growing in this because we, we're, there's always, something new and we we just continue on and the Lord will lead us through it and we run to his word and he feeds us. So what happens that breaks the, uh, you know, where you get to a point where it's like you you want to get out of this marriage? Well, it still took some time. Um, Mm -hmm. I still had to learn who he was. I was still learning. And... My husband was still going through his little fights. And at one point, I thought, you know, I was feeling this new feeling within me of the Holy Spirit, and I knew he was there with me. It was new. I had never felt that before. I felt his presence before a moment in the woods. And Mm -hmm. I thought, it's going to be all different. God, (laughs) I know he was probably teach me who he was, and I didn't know that yet. And so another bad fight happened, and... I prayed to myself, Lord, God, why have you abandoned me? The very next week, a girl at my job was handing out flyers for a -a once-a-month Bible study. And she came into my office and she said, God has not abandoned you. And that just chills went up in my my first experience with the Lord of Knowledge because only God knew I prayed that. And so I went. And and she said in the room in that study that someone in here has an awful lot of oppression coming at them. I can feel it. It's thick. And afterwards, she called me aside, and she told me it was coming from me and asked if I wanted to get together and talk. And so I did. And she told me a lot of things. She told me three things that still perfect timing. Satan surely will at the most inopportune time to hurt and destroy lives. Then she said, 
He knows your weaknesses, and he'll use them over and over again. And I could Mm. see that because he was always bringing about different situations that would create a stronghold of fear in me and the feeling that I was worthless, that make me feel like I didn't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And I could Mm -hmm. see that. Then she also Mm. said he doesn't like love. And whoever he's operating through, if you react in love instead of what Satan wants you to react in anger or bitterness, then that person will either melt or run because it confuses mm-hmm. him. He doesn't know what to do with love. Yeah. And this really helped me out and got to use this, actually, because my husband wasn't changing, and there was another bad fight, and before I knew it, the Holy Spirit actually took over my mouth. I was looking at my husband, and I was talking to Satan. I said, Satan, can't you come up with anything new? You say the same things over and over again, and he had been ranting and raging. I love him. I'm not leaving. So you get out. He just stopped. He shut up right then and there, picked up his keys and left, came back two hours later and said, don't confuse me with none of that religious stuff and went to bed. And I thought, whoa, that was cool. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because I I didn't know what happened. It just, he kind of took over from the mouth and it started speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. That was, uh, God was learning. See, God was teaching yeah. me that he was there to protect me. He was teaching uh-huh. me that he saw me when he sent my kids to the back of the property. He was teaching me that he heard me when he heard me pray, God, why have you abandoned me? And my friend came and told me that he hadn't. See, I had to learn who he was. And as I was yeah. reading the Bible through all of this, I was getting stronger. And I was learning about his promises, promises to stand on his word. And that's when... As I grew, I began and I learned that this is a spiritual attack on my husband. And mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. hurt. I was hurt. I was scared. I didn't feel like I was loved. I still mm-hmm. felt like I was worthless. But I didn't have mm-hmm. any bitterness towards him, and I never did. Because mm-hmm. bitterness mm-hmm. and unforgiveness is a waste of energy. It's a waste of your emotional energy. Because yeah. Most of the time when the person that hurts you, that you're mad at, they've probably gone on with their life. So you're Uh still allowing them to control you and hurt you in the present and on into the future when they're long gone. So it's just a waste of emotional energy. And God says you reap what you sow. So everyone has to give an account. So it's actually to your benefit to just let it go, forgive them, and put them in God's hands and let God deal with it. And God taught me that early on. Yes, absolutely. It's it's so important to let go and uh, move forward in life. Um, doesn't mean that you forget about the things that happen to you, but we have to keep moving forward. Um, so, you know, through all of this, how how did your faith heal all of the brokenness when you, you know, within you and help you through? Because um, I know eventually you got to a point of going through the divorce. What what happened? The word of God. Amen. The, the word of God. I've had such a hunger ever since I was born again to read and study the word of God. I have notebooks of how much I've studied the Bible. And Psalm 138.2 says, above all things, God exalts his name and his word. 
So I learned his promises and I learned to speak the word. But as he would give me verses right when I need them, and he says that he will do that in John 14, I think it's 26. He says, I will remind you those things I have taught you. So in order for him to remind you of them, you first have to put them in, in you so he can remind you of them. And so I just put as much into it as I can. And I kept reading the Bible, kept studying it. And his word, as I would read it when he was trying to tell me something through his word, it would just warm my heart. Yeah. And I remember the story in the disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when they were walking in the street, when the Lord um, appeared to them after he rose from the dead? Yeah. And they said, weren't not our hearts burning within us when he spoke to us. Mm. And so you can know when God is speaking to your heart, whether it's he's speaking to your heart or he's speaking to you through the word of God, your heart will just warm. You'll just yes. know that's him. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and it's continuing so true. to go to church, continuing to read the word and pray the word and pray his promises, that is what helped me to grow stronger, and that is what helped to heal my heart. I started to begin to see myself, but it still, it took years. It was like an onion, layers and layers of hurt that, you know, the Lord had to peel away, and he had to show me who I was in him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and he surely did do that. Um, you know, you, you mentioned something about uh, when you were talking about the Word of God and bringing about the warmth uh, that it was making you feel in your heart and everything. And the one person you met at work or, you know, that engaged with you at work, it brought you you awareness um, into the situation. Um, Tell me um, about what, what do you think that could have, do you think that you made the right decision? to walk away from the marriage, I guess is what I want to ask you, because there's a lot of people out there that may be going through this situation and they're struggling. And a lot of times um, people try to use biblical scriptures that says, you know, don't don't leave the marriage. You know, you, you, you yourself were wanting to hold on to the marriage because things you were taught, I'm sure, and you, you probably lived in a family that was never broken and you saw the strength of that, the marriage of your parents so um what would what would you say to someone out there that that um is going through a situation like that um well but what you know what made you finally decide to leave your marriage because you have yes Mm ma'am i was losing my identity i was still every time i would get stronger and leave him and come back I would lose my identity all over again. What I mean by that, just forget who I was in Christ. The fear would start building up in me again, and I would start being afraid of everything, afraid to speak, afraid that I was never going to have anybody to love me. And mm-hmm. it was just too overwhelming. It, it got to be where he was not even working anymore, that he was just drinking all day long. And... I was too overwhelmed, couldn't do it. It was just something inside of me that said, I have to leave. Now, 
it might not be that for everyone out there, but I had mm-hmm. a piece about it. And that's mm-hmm. what I judge sure. everything I do because he is the Prince of Peace. And I've had yeah. those moments in my spirits where I felt like there was just a brick wall in my gut. That, and I know God's telling me, no, don't do this, don't go there. And I've listened, and it's been right every time. So I learned to listen to that voice inside of me. And that's what I think people should do is pray. God will tell you. He will not leave you helpless. He says, I will never fail you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And he has never forsaken me. When you listen, when you give him that time to listen, he will speak to you. He's your father and he wants to. Um, Go by the peace in your heart. And not by what Amen. anybody else says you need to do because you're the one that have to live with your choices. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, verbal and physical abuse is very extreme. It messes with uh, the person's every aspect of the whole vessel. And um, even if you, you know, you're not divorced, I would say separate until and and. You know, at least if both of you are willing to get counsel um, to go forward, but you know, to stay off in a any any kind of abusive situation, it, it's not it's not worth your whole vessel, and it's not worth your relationship with God. Um, so it's a time and a point if you are listening in for you to start making decisions that will give you life. Um, life more abundantly in Christ Jesus. Um, how has um, the trials that you've been going through, how, is it, how did it affect your dreams and the purpose of your heart? How, what happened? Because, uh, I mean, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight that you, even if you leave a situation like that, um, it's a day one to me. It would be like a one day at a time. It just doesn't go away. Um, sometimes even, you know, you, you. And let me let you answer. Well, the question. Well, I never dreamed that I would go through what I went through, and there's even more to the story, verbal mm-hmm. and physical, that I went through. Um, even yeah. watching, you know, my oldest son, that some things that had happened to him even after uh, a divorce that I found out about that mm-hmm. I couldn't believe. And it was all, I know Satan, it was all alcohol. And mm-hmm. he's been, you know, forever trying to attack even my son through that. Now my son is still going through his emotional issues because of that. My older son, the one I have oh. left. Um, oh. And... um all of it was all of it was staying close to God at first, I just wanted to be married and be a, and 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 be a wife and you know raise my family and so this all kind of changed but the more i got the more I read the Bible, the closer I got to God, the more passionate about him, and the more I felt of his love the more I wanted to express it. And then after <laughs> after I left him, passion grew even more and even more to help other women because I felt so worthless in myself that no woman, no person 
deserves to be treated like somebody's property to be used or abused, to be treated like trash. No one deserves to be treated like that. And it's my passion to help other women to see the princess that they are in Christ. One of my favorite verses is, is Psalm 45:13. is how glorious is the princess within her chambers. Her gown is interwoven with gold. That gold is the deity of God Almighty. And that tells mm-hmm. you that you're special, that you're special, yeah. that you are royalty, and you can hold your head up high, not in a prideful way, but proud to be a daughter of the king. And it's yeah. my passion to help people not only help them understand the love of God and receive it themselves, but to help people see who they are in Christ. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, Lord. That is right. (laughs) Amen. I'm glad that you said that because it does make a big difference. It Um, does. It helps you to go through this. It gives you the confidence to know that if God Almighty is backing me up, I can go through anything. Amen. And and when you look back in all of it, um, do you feel like it brought you very much closer to God than, you know, more so since after, you know, when you were in the marriage, you were getting closer to God, and then after the marriage you have left, did it bring you more closer to God as well? Yes, because I stayed close to God through it all. I mean, I needed him, and when my... Uh, my 16-year-old son was killed in an automobile accident. And um, I never dreamed that, that would happen. Your kids are not supposed to go through it. And I couldn't even gone through it without him. I made myself stay close to God. Because I knew he was my lifeline. And he prepared my heart for that in advance by giving me that hunger to read the Bible. That I mm-hmm. had so much of him in me already that there was no turning back. The night my son was killed, my keys were on the counter. And a year beforehand, the Lord, he gives me dreams, and everyone that's been from him, they come true. But this one was, this is different. A year beforehand, I get this little knowing or just doubling up in my spirit, I don't know what to call it, but it's just all of a sudden, you know, I'll just get goosebumps, and he'll just, I'll get a word from him that something is about to happen. Something bad is going to happen. It's going to involve my ex-husband and my son. And I just kept getting that for a year before it happened. And then my uh, ex-husband got a DUI, and he wouldn't stop going to bars. So he made us take him and pick him up. And my younger son had just barely had his driver's license. And... He heard me on the phone with him. He had called me to come pick him up, and he went and grabbed the keys, and he was going to take his friend home to drop his car off, and they were going to go pick him up. Because, see, they had a country bar, and they used to have turkey shoots. My husband used to let them go. I didn't want him to, but I had no say in the matter. And they were having one this night, and so he wanted to go pick him up. And something said run after him, but I didn't reach him. And when 30 minutes later, when my mother-in-law came knocking on my door, because she lived next door, and she said that Gerald Ray had been in an accident. He had flipped the car. We lived on a dirt road. And I never saw my little boy again. I was always there to love them. I was always there to be with them when they were sick and to heal their hurts and their wounds. And I couldn't be there the one time he needed me most. 
But see, God brought glory out of this. Even this he brought glory out of. His best friend was sitting there holding his hand until he passed. And a couple of weeks after the funeral, his mom called me and said, Brady has been really messed up since the accident. He kept saying, Mom, where did it go? Where did it go? And I kept asking, what does does that mean? When my son took his last breath, he lit up, his whole body lit up, it glowed, and the blood vanished. And that's what he meant. Mom, where did it go? Where did it go? Where did the blood go? Oh. And and he couldn't get past that. My son was saved, but Brady was not. And it wasn't too long after that that he was saved. All God did. A woman a woman come up to my husband at the funeral. And at the funeral, she wanted to talk to me. And I kept saying, God, why do I want to talk to this one of my husband's girlfriends? My son just died. But for two weeks, the woman's name kept going through my head. And, you know, God's kind mm-hmm. of persistent when he wants you to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I finally gave in. And she said that she wanted to just encourage me to know what a heart that my son had, that she was crying one night at the bar. And my son came over to her and made her feel good about herself because, see, her, her husband had left her for a younger woman. And my son had made her feel good about herself and made her feel pretty. And she said she just wanted to not let me know that he had a heart of gold. And one thing led to another. And before I got off the phone, the Holy Spirit kind of took over my mouth again, and I led her to receive the Lord as Savior. Help me get out of my funk because I was like in a walking zombie after, after the funeral. I just, I couldn't get a hold of myself. It is, I couldn't believe I was in, still in shock. And that kind of brought me back to myself. You see, Jesus is the life, the way, the truth, and the life. And that life inside of you, when you speak it and you pull it up out of you to give somebody else that life, you can't help but raise back up. And that helped me to move on. That helped me to get over it, to get past it. I mean, it still hurts. I think about it every day. But one thing that puts a smile on my face is if he had the chance to come back, I know my son would say, Mom, I've got it made up here. Get real. I'll see you when you get here. (laughs) So that puts a smile on my face and say, you know, He's got. He's he's good. God's taking care of him. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hmm. Wow. You you have some, uh, you know, real life story, and um, I'm sure one day, um, you know, uh, the Lord is going to bring this out for other people, and He's doing it today. But of course, I'm I'm hoping that something else will come out of this where you can reach many, many women out there and uh, even men out there to let them know. Because even when men hear the story, they will, if they're in that type of situation, maybe they will want to change and maybe they will want to come out of it as well by the grace of God. Um, to hear when the other you, side of the story. Yes, yes. To know what it's like um, for someone to uh, be a victim in such a situation like that, but now you're a victim. 
victor, you're victorious in it because you have overcome, but many have not come to that place. And so I'm hoping that if someone is out there listening today that they will realize that there is victory at the end of the tunnel if you make it. Um, You have been writing books. You have quite a few books out there. Um, when did you start writing? When did you start writing the first book? Ironically enough, it was the year my son died. Mm-hmm. It was the first. It was called God's love, and I—that's what I needed. I really needed His love to carry me through this. And my husband's father was having heart surgery, and. I wasn't working at the time, and so they needed somebody to take care of him when he got out of the hospital, so I volunteered, and in my devotion time, a name, and God gives me the titles for all of my books, and he tells me what they're going to be about, and the chapters, and I hadn't had a desire to write a book, but when he did, I just knew, okay, this is the name of a book, and so I said, all right, Lord. You wrote the book. You teach it to me. And so I got out, you know, some paper and, you know, pen and I, my study time and said, Lord, open my eyes. And he did. And I thought I enjoyed the Bible before. I enjoyed it even more. He started opening my eyes to the symbolism behind certain things in the Bible. And I just, I couldn't get enough of it. But as I was reading it, I started reading it back through. He would say, this would be good for this chapter, this would be good for this chapter, and I just took notes and wrote it out. It took about five years to write that book um, because in studying the Bible and then putting it together and then putting it together in book form and reading it and rereading it, it took quite a while. But it's Mm -hmm. chapters on the many facets of God's love from creation to Bible to his discipline to his victory compassion, his deliverance, his answered prayers to Calvary, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I have examples in there of my son. And my mom had passed away also in, during this time. And uh, I needed God's love more than ever. Um, and there were times where I didn't think I could write about it. And the next day I'd be there writing. You know, when God wants you to do something, he's persistent in, in helping you to do it along. Um, yes, yes, but even yes, during yes. this time, my mom had died. My son died on November 27th of 2000. And in October um, of 2001, I had a dream that my mom was outside the gates of heaven. And my son was standing behind Jesus. Amen. God told me. Amen. God told me that my son was there. It was beautiful. I couldn't even describe it. Um, that my son was there. He gave me peace in that, but he let me know my mom was about to go home to heaven. And sure enough, um, a month later, day after Thanksgiving, got the call. My mom went in the hospital and died a month later. Um, that was a hard time. I went. Um, my husband said go. Um, and but when I got there, though, I knew she was going to die. She was already in the fetal position, and she was just skin and bones. And the nurse told me when they get like that in that fetal position, they're not long. 
from dying, and she wasn't. It only lasted two weeks. But even in that, I couldn't have that. The enemy had to try to steal that. My husband went out and got drunk. He was high off cocaine and called me, and here I was in the hospital with my mom, not months but weeks to live. And so you come home or else. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm putting him in your hands because this is my mom. I'll never see her again. And he says, well, I'm going to kill myself. And so I had to deal with that. And he took a bottle of sleeping pills, and he told me he was going to do that while on the phone with me. And I called his buddy that lived down the road from us that owns the bar he goes to, and he knew it because his dad was just happened to be there, and he wouldn't believe me. So I said, this is a waste of time. And they got an ambulance there. They got him there to the hospital. They pumped his stomach. And the doctor yeah. said it was a miracle he was alive. Uh, yeah, he's had several yeah, instances. Yeah. He tried to shoot himself a couple of times. And one time the doctor said it was a miracle he was alive. It came a hair away from a major artery. Um, and he even knows, but still is not giving God the glory. He knows God saved his life. Um, his mom even told me, you stay there with your mom. He's okay. They're, they've sedated him where they're keeping him in a medically induced coma to make sure all the drugs get out of the system. So, you know, the devil couldn't even let me have my last days with my mom in peace. Um, but she had passed during the writing of that book. And so there was story, there was examples of even her in there. But that book was a healing process because it helped me to see. He was helping me to see all the different facets of his love. And from yeah. that, the, the chapter of the Holy Spirit, uh, that came and that birthed another book, the Holy Spirit and the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I go more in depth in that book. Mhm, mhm. Well, you also have some children books. Um, when what led you to write your first children book? Um, I was watching the Hallmark movie. <laughs> And there were some leaves twirling around in the park. And it just came to me. And I had it, I wrote that in two hours, actually. And wow. it's for ages from about five to ten. And so young children, they have short attention spans, so they don't need a big, thick book. And these yeah, for sure. are, <laughs> uh-huh. are a series. There were series, and they ask a different question about God. And the characters that are in there are my two boys. So my son not only lives on in my heart, but he lives on in my words that I write about him. And the characters, oddly enough, I didn't plan it this way, but they really are true to life because my youngest one was the one that was always curious. And and so... Um, He's the one in the character in the book that always asks the questions. So the first book is The Wind Has a Voice, and that was the twirling around of the leaves. And they, all the books, they go on an adventure. This one, they are going to their favorite fishing hole. And he's wanting to know, how does God talk to you? Then the second one is, how did he get in there? And they're going camping, and they see a bear at the back end of a cave, not realizing it's the back end and not the front, and wondering how he got in there. So later on, he asks, how does Jesus get into your heart? And um, 
the next one that just got released is part of the series is Let's Go Swimming, and it's about being baptized. Oh, that's not, that's wonderful right there. I have uh, three more to the, I have three more to the series in production. Um, Mm -hmm. A Light in the Sky, and it's it's Where Does God Live? Um, Blowing in the Wind, and how that they're, they're asking, uh, how does God's spirit, how can God's spirit be everywhere? And then some are on Grandma's Farm, and that's about the Trinity. That's, that's, um, you know, and that's going a little bit deeper for children to be able to really start learning at an early age. Uh, well, what it's, it's oddly like. enough, <laughs> oddly enough, um, my mom had the green thumb of the family. Mine's completely brown. And God mm-hmm. was quite unique in how he gave me this book driving home. He gave me the picture of a potted plant flower. Mm-hmm. One stem, three flowers. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all come from the same one. He gave me a plant of all these <laughs> to identify mm-hmm. with the Trinity. <laughs> I thought, wow, that was really unique, especially since I'm not really good at planting flowers and keeping them alive. <laughs> <laughs> so what ages What ages are the books, the children's they're, books? They're from 5 to about 10 years old. I have one days. more that's published. Yeah, I have one more that's published. It's called The Sheep That Went Astray, and that's based on the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. So do, do you also have, you? I know that you have some for adults as well, um, but with both the adult and the children's book, what do you hope that the readers will receive from them? A greater knowledge of God uh, and of the word of God, because I'm passionate about that. The word of God can heal. The word of God saves. God created the world with his words. And with his Holy Spirit in us, that word is just as powerful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I back up everything I write in my books with the word of God. Because it's not what Sandy says that matters. It's what God says. And so I help to draw them closer to God to help them understand more of his love and really how much the whole, the word is our sword. God gives it to us in his direction for our life. It's like sending someone into battle and say, here, I have a weapon for you to use. And they're losing the battle, but they're not using the weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the word of God is our weapon, and it has helped me so much when I've been down, when I've been depressed, and I didn't think I could make it. Yes, the word of God is the ultimate weapon because Amen. that's our armor. It's our armor, you know. We need that word of God, especially in this hour. Um, before we uh, get to the point of uh, getting close to the point of closing out, what are you working on now, and what are your dreams for the future? Right now, I just got finished with a book called Jeremy's Journey, From a Prison mm-hmm. Sale to a Healed Heart. And that is about a man who was at seven years old molested, and he blocks it out of his mind, 
And it's years later. He's already having trouble because he just lost his brother, his younger brother, um, to cancer. And Mm -hmm. something triggers his memory that he doesn't remember, but he sees an article about the one who hurt him, the man who molested him. And it makes him angry. He doesn't know why, but he just knows he has to leave. He leads to a 10-year stretch on the streets using drugs and alcohol. Well, he ends up with the help of somebody else getting off, getting clean, and getting a job. But then someone, something triggers that old emotion again, and he gets stressed out, and he steals money from the guy, and he ends up going back to drugs. Well, when he comes to himself, he realizes what he did because that man was his friend, and then he just feels worthless all over again and tries to OD. That's when he ends up in the hospital, and he ends up going to court for the theft and then to prison. And it's in the prison, his physical prison, that he is saved, that he finds the Lord and is healed from his spiritual prison. I have a chapter, you know, I have... So it's chapter I've done my research for how what happens in prison, and mm-hmm. I have personal hand personal knowledge from someone I know that lives on the streets. That mm-hmm. I include a chapter of life on the streets, so the reader really knows what it's like to live on the streets. That's what I just mm-hmm. got done doing. But I hope to and- get more in to keep writing the books that God has for me, and to do more yeah. speaking events. Yeah. So, um I know that you're also a speaker. Um tell tell you know how if anyone wanted to get in touch with you about um any speaking engagements, how can they get in touch with you and and uh if you share any also any events that you have coming up? Uh, yes, um, they can visit my website at uh, sandralot.wordpress.com, and they can visit me the contact us page, um, or they can email me at s lot that's s l o t t at God's love that's g o d s love hyphen revealed dot com. Um, easiest way is just go straight to the website, and they can see what events I have coming up. Uh, I have a book signing coming up April 6th. Um, it's at the Living Room Bookstore in, in Bastrop off Highway uh, 71. It's from 11 to 2, and it's for a new release from um, the end of last year, which is called Deep Waters Within, and that is a fiction, uh, a modern-day Jonah, but it has a touch of romance in there as well. And the character runs, doesn't agree with what his dad, how his dad shares his faith, and... He's close to his dad, but they get in an argument and he runs. Well, during this time, his dad develops leukemia. And will he make it back? Will he make it back home before his dad dies? Rita will have to find the book. Read the book (laughs) to find out. (laughs) Yeah, that's the final way, right? You know, uh, on your website, uh, I, I want to repeat it again. It's www.sandra, S-A-N-D-R-A, lot, and that's L-O-T-T, so it's two T's in there, uh, dot wordpress.com. 
Now, you can also be able to go to keifm.com and be able to find out additional information on how to reach uh, Sandra and uh, be able to get access to her website from there. Um, if there is anything that you would like to share with the audience at this time, for anyone that's listening out there, what has God laid on your heart? That trust God. He can turn things around. Because in the process of my healing, where I didn't even think I would find love again, God has brought me full circle. He's healed my heart. You just have to trust him. And it's not an overnight process. But it does happen. And he will heal your heart. In the word of God, it says when he tra- healing one of the, a blind man, the man said, I see people walking as trees. So the Lord had to touch his eyes again. Then he could see. It shows that sometimes our healing is a process. And it took a long time for my heart to be healed. So it's don't give up on God because God has now recently, and through my publisher, and I love my publisher, I have to give her a plug. It's Debbie Stanton is great through Tenet Publications, P-E-N-I-T Publications. Um, She's very good to work with. But it was through her that God sort of dropped somebody else in my lap. And I wasn't expecting it. And... He's brought love back into my life. Um, Another fellow author, D.L. Weatherford, and we met online through him just asking me questions about the publishing business, and it just had a life of its own. Um, And I couldn't be happier. So happiness and joy can find you again if you just trust the Lord Um, because he is... He right now is the love of my life. He's passionate. He's giving. He's caring. He visits the elderly. I love that. He has his own ministry. Um, mm. and he pushes me, pushes me in when I don't want to be, you know, when I don't want to push myself. So I need that pushing. You need to do this. And so I mm. need that. So he compliments that part of me that I don't do on my own to do stuff. So, um I really appreciate him and um, really creative. Um, uh, he's has a huge heart, and God has just so blessed my life with him that if you're going through something, that is, I can't stress enough. Trust God. Don't give up on him because there are times when I was so down that I was going to trust God and I was going to read the Bible when I felt like crying and crawling into a corner. But my mom had a lot of stubbornness, and so I'd come by it naturally, and God decided to use it for his glory. So I was just going to follow God no matter how bad I was hurting at the moment, just to spite Satan for nothing else. And that helped me quite a lot. Just don't give up on God because he's been so faithful to me. So now it went from the enemy trying to steal my voice, making me feel worthless, to that Jeremy's journey that I just got done writing is book number 25. God has given me that voice back abundantly and through the speaking events that he has um, brought to me. Don't give up on God. Amen. Absolutely. Would you like to pray for uh, the audience, anyone out there that uh, may be listening in, 
Would you like to pray for anyone that may be going through uh, what you have gone through as the Lord leads you? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity to share my story, not to share and point out the bad things that happened and who did them, but, Lord, to share your glory, to share your love, to share that you're out there. You want to help people. You want to heal people. That's who you are, your love, and you can't be anything other than what you are. So, Lord, I pray for those ones listening. Maybe that one who has thought about suicide and they need yeah. a refocus. Give them the refocus like you did for me, Lord. Lord, well, place the people in their pathway that they need, that light, the one that they can identify with, Lord God, that can show them your love or show them the word of God in some way, fashion, or form, Lord God. Or that one who's going through an abusive situation, Lord God, provide someone out there, Lord God, that can be your hands, your feet, your heart, and your voice to them, your voice of love. Because that's the sound of God. The sound of God is your love. And that's what will attract unbelievers. That will attract believers is us not just saying we love, but to show that we love as an act. Lord God, and heal their hearts, speak to their hearts, love on them, God, to let them know just like you did for me. You showed me, you heard me, you showed me, you saw me, and you provided and protected me. Every step of the way, you never gave up on me, even when I wasn't exactly perfect. You stood with me and stand with those ones listening, provide what they need. And thank you for everything you're doing and everything you've done in my life and the voice you've given me back. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. And thank you so much for praying. And um, I just want to remind the audience that she's going to be at Deep uh, at uh, a Living Room Bookstore on April the 6th. And she's going to be... Um, doing a book signing on Deep Waters Within. And that's at Bastrop, Texas, uh, off TX-71. And it's going to be from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So go out and meet um, our, our guest for today, Sandra Lott. And you can also go to her website. Again, it's www.sandralott.wordpress.com. She has uh, quite a ver- a bit of her books there, and you can, um, I believe, uh, they're available at uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Pennant site. Uh, so, um, go to her website, and you can find out a slew of information for it. And thank you again, Sandra, for coming to the Keenum Hour. And we, I can tell you that I've been blessed, and um, I hope that you'll come back again and tell, you know, share more with the audience in the future. Um, again, we do thank you, and may the grace of God be with you, and may he empower and equip you for the days to come. Uh, we're going to um, take a quick break here before we take on our next guest, D.L. Weatherford. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Welcome to the Kingdom Hour, where we are sharing real-life stories that are geared to impact and empower you in mind, spirit, body, and soul. 
Join us each week as our guests share wonderful stories about how they overcame. Okay, we're back again, and we do have our next guest with us. It is D.L. Weatherford, and uh, D.L. Weatherford is going to tell us uh, some things about himself. Um, before we start, welcome, we welcome you to the Kingdom Hour, D.L. Weatherford. Uh, thank, uh, thank you very much for having me. Okay, well, we're, we're very excited to have you here um, because I'm sure our audience will want to know more about how to overcome certain things in their life that we're going to talk about uh, tonight. Um, but, but before we jump off into that, can you please tell us about yourself? Well, my name is D.L. Weatherford. I'm from Dayton, Ohio originally, but I moved to Florida when I was 18 to live with my dad because him and my mother got divorced when I was 10. And so I moved down there with him, and I've lived there ever since. I've lived here with him ever since because this is where I'm supposed to be. My mother and I didn't have a very good relationship growing up, and uh, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, have a great, <laughs> I have a great relationship with my father, but mm-hmm. – um, not, but, in the last several years, uh, it's uh, my migraines have taken over. But uh, before I get on with that, but uh, I worked with him in the roofing company for going on probably 18 years before I decided to go into another field of work because I just got tired of the traveling and the construction industry in itself. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you have a um, situation – that has been going on in your life for uh, uh, quite some time, um, like, you know, having pains from migraine headaches? Yes. Is that, uh, now, how did, when did you first start having the migraine headaches? Well, the the condition started on February 11th of 2011 at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was married at the time, and I was asleep uh, like a normal day, and, uh, and I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning with the most terrible, torrentous migraine imaginable. And I tried to work through it for for the next couple of days, but my work saw what I was going through. They came up asking me what was going on. How come you just look like you're dying? And I told him, like, look, I have this tremendous, uh, terrible migraine that's been going on for uh, a few days, and I can't get rid of it. I took a handful of the time, I'll try to get rid of it, and nothing worked. So finally, they told me to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital, and the doctors gave me all kinds of tests from CT scans to, uh, to blood work, everything they can think of, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So they mm-hmm. just taught me, I try, uh, just gave me some painkillers and went home. And the painkillers didn't work, and not none at all. So mm-hmm. it went on like that for like six months before I was able to get into the headache clinic in Tampa. And mm-hmm. I went to the neurological headache. They gave me some more testing, more blood work, lumbar punctures, CAT scans, MRIs, you name it, I went through it there. And finally the diagnosis of NDPH came up, which stands for New Daily Persistent Headache with Chronic Migraines. And the most devastating news they could tell me is it will never be cured. Oh. I was, com- you know, I was completely devastated with that diagnosis. And and there's nothing absolutely that they can do about it at all? None. 
I even tried, I don't know how your listeners feel about medical marijuana, but it is legal here in Florida where I live at, and that didn't even work. Wow. They, even tried morph- wow. they even tried morphine, and that didn't even work. Then they gave me Dilaudid. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. So the, the so, doctor's you completely know, amazed. Yeah. And you know the thing about um, pain is like, no matter what you try to do, your mind is going to revert back to the pain. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, and and it makes it difficult for you to just function from day to day. So how yeah. how do you how do you cope with it now? How do you get past? The... There's only one comfort that I can find. That's Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. That's it. So, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you say Jesus Christ, um, how how did you come into connection with Jesus Christ through the, all of this? Well, he was always in my life, always, but I always ignored him. Because mm-hmm. um, my, my sister-in-law, when I was married, my sister-in-law was a pagan. And I didn't understand that lifestyle at all, but I just kept myself. I, the, the way I looked, if I didn't, couldn't see it with my own eyes, I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting a little choked up now. No, it's okay. Bless the, bless the Lord. He He's working. Let him, let him use you. Go ahead. I understand. Yeah. If it wasn't my grandmother, I would never went back to him. Mm. 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 She sat me down and had a talk with me, you know. Yeah. It told me, what was Take I doing care. wrong? What were you doing? Why were you doing this? Why would you get up? Mm. Giving up on life. And that's mm-hmm. what I was doing, was giving up on life. I didn't care no more. And I lost my house, I lost my wife, and I lost my job. Lost all of it because of this migraine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she set me down and said, look, just because you had this migraine, just because you're in constant pain, doesn't mean you can't still have a life. And I didn't know what she meant by that. Like, you can have a life. And so I started looking at these subtle signs that God was showing me, like reading the Bible and having a, a Christian doctor that I noticed on the on the window in in his office and all that, like this can't be coincidence. And then I started uh, seeing his post about pureflix.com, and that app changed my life. I saw the two most amazing movies in that app. One was The Encounter, starring Jackie Velasquez, and uh, mm-hmm. this other movie called Faith Song. Those two mm-hmm. movies made a huge impact on my life. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Jesus, thank you. Yeah, thank absolutely. You, then I went to a flea market one day over in Auburndale, and there's a preacher there who was talking and trying to get people to come to the Lord, and I couldn't ignore the signs anymore. So that day, God saved me. Bless the Lord. He brought me back to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank Jesus. Then I started going. Then I started going to church with my grandmother, Griffin Baptist Church here in Lakeland. 
that pastor mm-hmm. is the best friends with a pastor at the Auburndale Flea Market. Mm. He knew exactly who he was. That pastor trained my pastor. Mm. That's a sign. That's a sign you can't ignore. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so there. I I started uh, I started going towards more often, and uh, I started a home there. That was the place I was supposed to be. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Ooh, thank you, Jesus, for salvation. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I couldn't ask for I couldn't ask for better. Certainly not. This, this was a long and arduous path, but thing is, painkillers didn't work. Painkillers don't mm-hmm. work. At least it didn't for me. At least it didn't for my case. Yes. yes the only thing yes. that worked was Jesus. He brought me back. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Mighty deliverer. Mighty I mean, deliverer. I still have pain every day, but he gives me the strength to go on. He gives me the strength to live. He gives me the strength to have a life I never had before. Yes. Yes. He, he has certainly done that. And you can tell that uh, the Lord, had, it was definitely the Lord that has done it. Well, people say that why well, I can't believe what I, I can't believe what I don't see. Well, there's a Bible verse in there that gives you a perfect answer to that question right there. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven: Walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and that oh, verse sticks with me to this day. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God has done it. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I, I'm trying to stay on course with this uh, <laughs> interview, but you you're getting me all <laughs> stirred up here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bless the Lord. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's that's some testimony right there. And um, you know, through all of this, out of this, you know, you you wrote a book. Yeah. Um, yes. Can you tell us about your book that you wrote? Uh, that the book I wrote is called My Path to Jesus Christ because that was the path I'm supposed to be on for Jesus Christ. I mean, everybody says, "Well, how can you love a God that took everything away from you?" God didn't take nothing away from me. God brought me back. Amen. Amen. I mean, He didn't give me these migraines. It just happened. I mean, we live in a broken world, but. God has been there all the time. He's there for yeah. us. He he brought me back where I was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be away from him. I shied away from him by my own choices. Mm-hmm. And he didn't give up on me. He didn't get up, give up on me. And that's why I wrote the book, to let people know God is still there. God is still with you. God wants you. He wants you to live. He wants you to be in paradise. He don't want you in this broken world. He wants you to come to paradise with him. And I know, And I understand that now. I know that now. Amen. Amen. Faith and if the book tells me about Thank the struggles you. that I've had with my migraines and all that, it's all in there, and how my grandmother talked sentence me to follow Jesus. You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm. There's something that I read um, on the website, and and you said since God found me in a state of not wanting to live due to 
the chronic daily migraines I live with, he alone, through his saving grace, afforded me through Jesus Christ, has given me the will to live, to continue on. And you say, I now want to share my story and glorify his name through every word he gives me to write. And, and, you know, um, that's one thing that I, I, I recognize that you're not doing this about for you. You're doing this for Jesus Christ to say that you have a testimony. And he said, you know, it will be by the word of our mouth, our testimony, that we will be saved. And it's such a blessing to know that you wrote this book to get it out to anyone out there that's experiencing pain to know that there is an avenue out. There is a way of still living through the pain and and the storm of your life. Exactly. Yes. There's so many people out there with disabilities and chronic pain that that just wants to give up on life. Yeah. God doesn't want us to give up on life. He didn't give up on he didn't give up on us. Why we need to give up on him? That's right. That's right. We have no reason to give up on him because he didn't give up on us. And if we're seeking him in the way that he he you know have written for us to, we will continue to seek him through everything. It doesn't matter. He said, "Give thanks." At all times. Exactly. It's, yes, exactly. You know, it's it's not just when uh, everything is perfect and dandy. He said, "Give thanks at all at all times," because we don't know what what we're going through and why we're going through it, but it brings us closer to Him. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he that's, that's what people don't. That's what people don't get. It's like, well, Christian, they they have a wonderful life, but. It's not all wonderful. We get judged. We get persecuted every, every day of the week. Every day of the week, it's like God, His Son oh, got yeah. tortured and ridiculed every single day of the week, but He didn't give up on them. We can't give up on Amen. God. We can't give. We can't give up on Amen. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We cannot. And that's and that's what this book is about. Because I I went through. I still go through unimaginable pain, but He didn't give up on me. He showed me the light. Is there anything that you would like to share this inside of um, your book, My Path to Jesus Christ, um, that for the audience to know about at this time? Uh, basically, I wrote the book to give inspiration to people to find hope. Because so many people with disabilities, migraines mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, they choose to give up on life. They want to wallow with self-pity. That's the devil telling them to give up. That's not God telling them to give up. God's telling them to bring me the pain. Bring me mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Let me let me mm-hmm. help you. Let me show you. And that's what the book yeah. is about. Because I, I went through eight years of nonstop pain. And I almost gave up. But God used my grandmother as a tool, used PureFlix as a tool, used my, my pastor as a tool, everybody as a tool. And I... This we finally seen it. There's so many mm. subtle signs that that God is there. He's not giving up on you. You gave up on him by walking away. He's trying to bring you back to where you need to be and back in salvation. And that's what my book is trying to tell people. 
That's why I because I almost gave up on life. I almost said, the heck with it, just let me die. Because I told my dad every day, I just want to die. My dad kept saying, no, you don't want to die. I don't want to hear you talk like this. And that's when my grandmother set me down and told me, you can't give up. God didn't give up on you, so why are you giving up on God? You are God's child. He doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to come to him to give you him your pain. Let him heal your pain. And that's the only healing I've ever gotten in my entire life. I mean, I'm not completely healed, but I feel more better and more alive now than I ever have in my entire life. And that's thanks to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. And, and, and I, I thank and God I, for, I'm sorry, I just want to say, I, just, I just want to thank God for bringing Sandra into my life. She's the best woman that ever happened to me. Amen. Amen. Without Amen. her, I'm lost. Hmm. Mm. She is a wonderful woman. I can't imagine my life without her. God has um, done a very, um, you know, I look at it, it's just like a situation of two people coming together out of circumstances and and joining um, you together in such a way that um, you you know that it's a fit. You know without a doubt that, that it's a fit and that yes. it has a purpose in God. You know, because a lot of times, you know, men and women are out there looking for that that mate, but it, it just, this one just came into place the way that it should have been. And both right. of you have a lot of things in common, which is the main thing is Jesus Christ. Because with God being the center, <laughs> that that's so important. Being in the center of the marriage, it it will just flow so smoothly. What well, a marriage person. can't survive without God. If you don't have God in your marriage, your marriage is doomed to fail because He is love, and without uh, a relationship without love, it is not a relationship at all. Amen. 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 And and he brings in that unconditional love. That no matter exactly. Whatever the, and, and you have experienced that unconditional love that says no no matter what the situation is, I'm going to cling to Jesus Christ. Amen. You couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> we do. <laughs> We do have a caller on the line. Uh, if you don't mind, I would like to open up the lines and uh, give the sure. caller an opportunity to call. I'm opening the line, and uh, feel free to ask any questions, uh, share any insights, or if you have any, please present them at this time. Um, feel free to announce your name and where you're calling from. If you want to remain anonymous, feel free to do so. Uh, caller, the line is open at this time. Oh, hello. My name is Kurt. I am DL's Sunday school teacher. Hey, Kurt. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to call and uh, uh, offer my support and know that DL is, is in our prayers for, for healing him from that pain. But uh, uh, he started coming to my Sunday school class. And mm-hmm. I believe that he's an ins- inspiration to everybody that sees him. 
because it's difficult for him to be around crowds of people because of his um, headache condition. Um, but with the courage that the Holy Spirit has given him, he's been able to break mm-hmm. down that barrier and uh, be a part of the class, and it's just a blessing to have him there. And uh, I heard through my wife, because um, I'm very busy as a project manager throughout the day, um, that this blog was going to be on tonight, and I just wanted to listen and uh, be encouraged myself. And uh, he has a lot of similar stories to my own. <laughs> it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Oh, what a blessing. And it's just like everybody is being paired um, perfectly in the will of God, you know. And this well, and that's, uh-huh. and that's what I hope people can see through or see too, is that, you know, we all know the Charles Stanleys and the DJ Kennedys and, 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 uh, and so many that have been so prevalent, uh-huh. but our class, and and DL represents just just normal average everyday people accomplishing great things through the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just hope that people are uh, would would get his book uh, because he's just an average guy. You know, it's hard to uh, you know I talk in Sunday school all the time about Super Bible Study number ninety nine. You know, it's it's hard sometimes to relate to those things, but it's a lot easier, I believe, to relate to everyday experiences. Uh, you look oh. in the Bible of how, I mean, look at David, King David. Uh, yeah. The guy obviously had a lust problem, right? Uh, he <laughs> yeah. was flawed. He, he was so greatly flawed and so obviously flawed, but God used him mm-hmm. to accomplish such great and mighty things. Uh, yes, that's Lord. what I yeah. want people. That's what I want people to see out of the Bible. That's what I want people to see when just normal people uh, answer the door when Jesus stands there and knocks. It's just amazing. Amen. And and He's coming for the normal people. <laughs> that's right. He's coming that's for right. the normal people because he, he came to because seek and to save. <laughs> and he came Amen. to seek and to save those that were lost. Not only lost lost to him, but lost in the world. I was, yeah. until 1999, I was wandering around lost in a dark and desolate place a great man. Amen, amen. Thank, and Thank, thank you, you very much, Kurt. Kurt. I appreciate that. Yes, and thank you for um, joining in and sharing as well, Kurt. We really appreciate that, and we thank you so much again for that, the share. And, I, and I, you're right. I won't keep you in yes. under. <laughs> I just wanted him to know how proud we are of him and uh, give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I, I like the part that um, Kurt was saying there. He he made the point about you just, you, you, you just like every one of us, common people, mm-hmm. but we still, we have real stories that can help a lot of people out there to empower and equip them, to let them know that they're not alone and that they can overcome, that they can move forward in their life in Jesus Christ. And um, like you said, that is a key fixture that is missing from people is Jesus Christ. They don't know how much they need him. I didn't know how much I needed him. But now I can't imagine my life without him. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And you said something earlier, you talked about faith. You you know, Mm -hmm. when your grandmother came to you, you said that faith was very important to help you to keep going and Mm -hmm. and to make that decision that you would keep, uh, that you wanted to keep going. But I know yet still, even though when um, someone crossed our path and say, you can do this. You can overcome. You you're more than a conqueror, and you know it's still a process. So uh, tell us about that. How um, when you wake up in the morning, what is your day like? When I wake up in the morning, um, it's just like any other average day, but I just have pain that I have to will myself to get up out of the bed and will myself to actually live a normal day and. That's when I tell God, look, I know I need you. Just give me the strength to move on. And he never lets me down. He never lets me down. And I have the strength I need to go through my day, and he's always there with me. Like before, I used to I never want to go outside because I'd be in the daylight. Then uh, I got sunglasses. Uh, my grandmother and my dad got me some sunglasses and some earmuffs. And, and they're like, well, how's this going to look? Like right now, I don't. Now I just don't care how it looks, because I, I want to live, and that's how I choose to live, and that's how God gives me the strength to go outside. That's how it gives me the strength mm-hmm. to to do everything I need to do. Is uh, just uh, here's here's the tools you need. Take them, and He's giving us tools to give to my dad and my grandmother to give to me. And that's how I go through my day. He gives me the necessary tools I need to live my day. Mhm. So, um, what are your plans for the future? You know, you have your uh, book out, and um, do you plan out plan on going inspire going out to inspire others? You know, to talk about how they can get past. Well, um, uh, as 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 my Sunday school teacher said, it's hard for me to get out in public, but I can do uh, I can do some things. I can I can. Uh, talk to people in, in, a, in a controlled environment, I guess you could say, to tell people, and that's what my books I hope will do, because I've actually written another book that's probably going to be released in the fall, maybe. But uh, this um, that's how I'm going to uh, inspire my message to not give up and let, tell people not to give up, is by hopefully they read the books and hopefully I can maybe talk to some people in a controlled environment. Amen. Amen. God so will show me if, the way. I just got to wait for him to show me the way. He he's, uh, he knows what he wants me to do. I'm here to listen. Yeah. The author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. So um, tell us, like, if there is anyone out there that's listening, that's, you know, going through this bout with pain um, in their lives, and they have lost just about everything from... You know, it could be cancer, it could be type of pain. What What would you say to them now in this kingdom hour? What would you like to say? Don't give up on life. God does not want you to give up on life. God did not give you this disease. Give your life to God. He will show you whatever you need to show you. It took me eight long years to learn that. Finally learned it. And hopefully they will too. Just don't give in to the Satan. Don't give in to the devil at all. He will take your happiness. 
he will take everything from you like he almost did to me. Mm. Just give your mm-hmm. give your faith to Jesus, and he will show you the way. He did me. It took me, like I said, eight years to learn that, but he never gave up on me. We cannot give up on him. Amen. Amen. And and that is true. I, I definitely would say to anyone out there that is listening tonight to never give up on your life, no matter what your situation and what your circumstance is, circumstances are. You know, you, when we look at this situation, it's like all the way down along the line with both of our guests tonight, God was sending the right support system to them to help them to move forward. But we also have to have an ear to listen and hear. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we, we just keep going and moving. Someone is telling us, you know, it's like that story about the uh, someone uh, calling out to God and God is sending a bird to chirp on the shoulder and they still not get in the picture, you know. But we can. We can make a change in our life. Um, even if there's someone out there that's not a Christian right now that's listening in, you have the opportunity today Just say, Jesus Christ, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. It doesn't take anything, no special charismatic words, no special uh, way of having that relationship with God. But it's just you making that decision to say, I want to try to take me from day to day through every situation, every circumstance, and there's nothing too big for him. There's nothing no, there's nothing too big. And that man, too big. God can remove mountains if you allow him to do so. He can move mountains in my life. He can move mountains in theirs too. Absolutely. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He can do that. And he, and and guess what? He loves you. He loves you that much. Yes, he does. And he will do that for you. And and he, you know, it, it just takes one day at a time, picking up a Bible and start reading it. But you need that support system. Um, there are some Bible teaching churches out there, and if you can find that type of fellowship, the one that will take you right to the Word of God, the one that will give you that support, the one that will surround you through your situations to walk you through, he will be there for you to do it. So, um, you know, be very prayerful, um, seeking the Lord in all situations. And, And again, I want to say he sincerely loves you out there that will love you too. So don't give up. Whatever your circumstances is, whatever has stepped on your toe, whatever has uh, come into your life to cause any turmoil or upsets or backwardness, stagnancies, delays, limitations, never give up. God will give you the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding how to pass through. Seek him in this hour more and more. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to share some final words with the audience and tell them how you can get, how they can get your book. And, um, you know, if they're, you don't want to continue to follow you on your future books as well, how can they access your Path to Jesus Christ, that's the title of my book, should be released next week. They can pick it up at Amazon or appendantpublications.com, their bookstore, or you can call going to uh, Books a Million or and or, or Barnes & Noble and just request a book there, or you can order from their website. 
Okay. So the book, again, is called My Path to Jesus Christ. Yes. And Okay. And he said, Pen It, which is P-E-N-I-T, Publications. Um, yes. You can also find it on Amazon. And it's, the author's name, again, is D.L. Weatherford. And that's W-E-A-T-H-E-R-F-O-R-D. So um, I'm sure that you're going to get some very valuable insight, kingdom insight, Christian insight to help you to move forward in any that if you're experiencing pain, if you whatever your situation is, to help you to get through. So uh, that's where you can find out information um, as well about D.L. Weatherford. And we we really do thank everyone for listening in. And I want to ask um, Theo Weatherford, can you please pray for us as we close out for the body of Christ? In this oh, I'd be honored. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd be honored. Dear God, thank you for showing me the way. Thank you for uh, giving me this time on the radio. Thank you for everything you put in my life and given me in my life. And I couldn't ask for better. And just please bless the people that are actually injured or feeling pain. Just show them the way. Give them the light that you've shown me. Show them how to live a life with your grace. And just give them the strength they need to live an everyday life. Uh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. And we want thank to you thank you much. again. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we want to thank you also, too, for coming out to the Kingdom Hour. And we hope to have you back again with your next book. Um, it's been a blessing, and your your um, testimony is very inspiring. I want to let you know that. It's I very appreciate inspiring. That. Thank you very much. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people out there. Thank you again. And um, I want to tell everyone out there that's listening tonight, Jesus Christ loves you, as I said before. And um, we love you, too. That's why we're here, and that's why all of the other pastors uh, are out there um, to share with you about Jesus Christ. And it's important for you to connect and get the type of support that you need to continue the race in this hour. Don't be anxious for nothing. A lot of us are anxious at this time, but don't be anxious for nothing. That's what the (laughs) Bible says. (laughs) And uh, I believe that it's good good for us, that we don't be anxious for nothing. So let mm-hmm. us just be content with, the, with what the Lord have given us and have put our trust in him in this hour and be very prayerful. And I want to thank everyone throughout the whole world that has been listening in. And I want to say to you that I pray that the grace of God will be with you now and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. God bless everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.